Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 27, reads this way with the New King James Version. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it did not fall for it was founded on the rock. Verse 26. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and Jesus said, and great was its fall. Periodically, I like to read the scripture from the message. We know it's a paraphrase. But I just like the way Eugene Peterson puts it. And if you allow me, I'm going to read these verses again with this particular interpretation. These words I speak to you are not incidental addition to your life. Now listen at me, young folks. Listen at me, mom and dad. Listen at me, grandparents. These words Jesus said I speak to you are not incidental additions to your life. Homeowner improvements to your standard of living. They are foundational words, words to build a life on. If you work these words into your life, you are like a smart carpenter who built his house on solid rock. Rain poured down, the river flooded, a tornado hit, but nothing moved that house. It was fixed on the rock. But if you just use my words, listen to this one, in Bible studies and don't work them into your life, you are like a stupid carpenter who built his house on the sandy beach. When a storm rolled in and the waves came up, it collapsed like a house of cards. Every one of us, especially those that are young, especially those that are coming out of high school, going into college, is building a life. That's what it's all about, building a life. And what is in the future? None of us know, but we know what we can do to enhance the possibility of that future being successful. Proverbs says, though through wisdom a house is built, and by understanding that house is established. Read with me. If you do not have an outline of the message, I would like for you to have one. Very good. I work very hard. Make me feel good just looking at it, if you will, if you don't even, you know, read it. Uh, But it's some good stuff there. Today is a day of celebration. We are celebrating our graduates and their achievements. They have told They have studied and completed coursework to arrive at this time of recognition of their efforts and of their achievements. We pause to celebrate their preparation and beginning of a new phase of life. Graduation, keep in mind, is not an end point, but rather it is a beginning point. Notice the introduction that speaks to Matthew 7. 
The words of Matthew 7, 24 through 27 conclude, and this is interesting and I think it's very important, conclude one of the greatest sermons ever preached. Jesus Christ brings to culmination the great sermon on the mount and he does so with the poignant truth about two men. These two men raise the question, what kind of foundation are we building on? And this does not only apply to young men and women, it applies to all of us to ask ourselves this question, what foundation are we building on? These two men can be seen in terms of comparison, in terms of contrast, leading us, I believe, to a very clear conclusion. Notice, if you will, Roman numeral number one, the builders that we're talking about, they were alike in several incidents. First of all, both men shared the same vision. They both needed a house. Again, as we're talking about this house, we're talking about a life, a life worth living. We're talking about building a family, and we all look forward to building this family. We're talking about having vibrant, dynamic, strong households. And, of course, when we go to school and the future We're expecting to build on a solid foundation. These men shared the same vision. Not only did they share the same vision, both availed themselves of divine truth. They both, listen to this, heard the word of God. And when yet, when you look at the end, the conclusion of these two people, you wonder why such difference. Why did one collapse? Why was one's life not successful and the other one was? But they both avail themselves of the divine truth. They both heard the words, certainly, of Jesus Christ. And then number three, they both faced the same storm. I'd like to stand here behind this pulpit today and tell you young men and women that everything is going to be peaches and roses and you're never going to have any problems. Not so. All of us face storms. The storms of life reveal how genuine our faith really is. But nevertheless, it threatens our security. Nevertheless, it shakes our foundation. But a storm, keep in mind, a storm can either make us weaker or a storm can make us stronger. These two men were different. They were different in their choice. The Bible says that they both Both of them made choices, one a good choice, one a bad choice. They possessed two different characters. One was wise. The other one, my friend, the Bible says, simply was foolish. That word foolish in the Greek is where we get our word moron. The second one that built on sand, he was simply a moron. One was wise. One was foolish. They had different foundations. Listen, 
what we're talking about today and what we're talking about in our lives, and especially when we're young, what we're talking about is the foundation. It's one thing to build a beautiful house. It's another thing to decorate that house and it looked beautiful and everything looks fine about it. But the important thing is what it's built on. The foundation that it is built on. Let's talk about that foundation, if you will. First of all, the first one built on sand. You know, when you build on sand, there's not a whole lot of commitment. In fact, if you look at this uh, that Jesus is talking about over in St. Luke, it says that the builder that built on the rock dug deep. It's a sacrifice. Sometimes it's not easy to build on a firm foundation, but it's the best. It's the lasting one. It's the one that will succeed. The first one built on sand, which took very little preparation. Building on shifting sands of human philosophy, of religious activity, of certainly self-will, self-fulfillment, self-sufficiency, and self-satisfaction. If you leave this high school, or if you, you and I, as we live our lives, if, if our foundation is built on this type of, of character, then we certainly, again, will not succeed. So one built on sand, the foolish one did. The second one built on a rock. He dug deep. First of all, I want to encourage you to think about building on another than Jesus Christ. I love the Apostle Paul's writing in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 11. He says, concerning the foundation, he says, For no other foundation can be laid, or can anyone lay, than that which is laid, which is what? Jesus Christ. Now, pastor, that's too simple. You're not, you're not saying a whole lot. I'm saying a mouthful. The thing that we need to understand, if we're going to build a solid foundation, if we're going to build a lasting foundation, if we're going to build a foundation that is secure in the most driving wind, in the most fierce storm, it must be Jesus Christ. That's what will last and that is what will succeed the second thing and this is the same but just saying it a a little different way we build on the words of Jesus Christ look at Matthew 7 and 24 again therefore whoever hears these sayings of mine whoever reads the Bible and especially young folks, if you don't have a Bible, I encourage you to have one. I think they've made sure that each graduate has a Bible. And let that be part of the things that go in your suitcase when you take off the school. And not only have it, but read it. And he says, whosoever hears these sayings of mine, we build on none other than Jesus Christ. We build on God's word. We read God's word. We apply it to our lives. This, my friend, is so vitally important. Each of us, our lives are being built on, should be built 
on a solid foundation. The foundation, look at number three, speaks of security. If there is one thing young people face in their life, listen at me, it's insecurity. Because we don't measure up to what we think we should. The environment that we were raised in has created insecurity in, in our lives. And in fact, I don't, I don't believe there's any of us that at times we're not struggling with insecurity. Now, we react in different ways. I told you my struggle with anger as I was a young man and how that I became angry and uh, anger ruled my life. And as I look back, I can, I can tell you today that much of that anger stemmed from the environment that I was raised in. And a lot of young people today, they're filled with anger. They're filled with insecurities. And they don't know how to deal with those insecurities. But I'm here to tell you that if your foundation is built upon Jesus Christ, he helps deal with insecurities. And he makes you feel good about yourself. Though the world may put you down, may, you may not measure up. You may not look like someone else. Or you may be disappointed in some achievements in your life. But the greatest achievement, my friend, is knowing Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and having him as the foundation of your entire life. God's word provides a foundation for times of insecurity during adolescence. I want to let this sink in. Let it, let it resonate. God's word provides a foundation for times of insecurities during adolescence. As we put our trust in the word of God, we are able to face the future certainly with confidence. God Almighty is the source of true security. We're, we're safe in ourselves. We're safe with who we are. No matter how we were raised. No matter if we never attained to what others did. We don't need to compare ourselves with others. And see if we measure up. Just measure up to the word of God. And you can do that through and by the spirit and the power of God. You can measure up. We can do it. God's word. As we put our trust in his word, we're able to face the future with confidence. God is the source of our society, of our security. Every, all of us, as I said, I think deals with insecurity. I want to talk about someone that really, really, really dealt with insecurities. It was David, the king of Israel. Tell you just a little bit about David's life. David as a very young man, was a shepherd. He would go out each day and take care of dirty, stinking sheep. Now his brothers were doing other things. His brothers were honored, but David had to go out and tend the sheep. Samuel, the great prophet, came to Jesse's house, Jesse being David's father, and said, God has sent me to your house to anoint your son, as king of Israel. Well, Jesse goes through all of his, what, seven children or six children, and none of them were approved by God. And Jesse said, is there another one? 
Uh, or, or Samuel said, is there another one? And Jesse, the father, said, well, well. David's out in the field tending the sheep. said, call him in. So, Jesse, so Samuel anointed David as a very young man, sheep herder, anointed him as king of Israel. Can you imagine that day? Can you imagine David coming in and said, hey, the great prophet Samuel, I mean one of the greatest prophets ever lived. Samuel's here. Go in there and clean up and take that dirty garment off and put on something that smells good. And out comes David in front of all of his mom and dad and, and brothers. And Samuel, the great prophet, takes all and says, wow, you're going to be the king of Israel. I mean, here he is like a roller coaster. By now, his security and his thoughts of himself is elevated way high. But then he goes back to tending sheep. And there came a day when Jesse called him and said, Hey, there's a battle going on and your brothers are down fighting and I want you to take the food and go, <laughs> go to them. He goes down to where the battle is, is entrenched and his brothers see him and they say, oh, who's tending those little sheep back, back there? Now here he is tending sheep, anointed king, tending sheep, and now he's going to his brothers and they look at him and make fun of him. Siblings are something sometimes, aren't they? David said, what's going on? Why do you want to know? I mean, they were putting him down every way that they could. But David said, I, I want to know what's going on. And so they told him this, this nine foot, seven inch guys out here threatening our soldiers. They said, what? So what do you want to do? I mean, every way. And when you read the Psalms, listen to me. When you read the Psalms, many times during his life, he dealt with insecurities. And so you know the story of how that he goes, finally they get into Saul and he tells Saul that he wants to fight Goliath and Saul says, you're nothing but a runt. I mean, here he is. He's, but he never, never one time backed down from being what God had called him to be. David, the king of Israel. Saul tries to put his his. His armor on him, it didn't fit. Can you imagine him standing there and half of the armor hanging off? Can you imagine the insecurity that he could have had at that time? Oh, my God. And he looks at Saul, and Saul himself was a head and shoulders above everybody else. He was a big man. And here, little old scrunt David, he's trying to wear his armor. David said, I, I just don't want to do this. And so he takes the armor off. He runs out to where the battle is arrayed and he reaches down and picks up five smooth stones and takes his sling out. Now David could have said to God, God, I just don't know. I mean, here I am, a shepherd boy, and here I am. My, my brothers don't think I'm anything and they know me and dad didn't even think I was worthy enough to even be anointed king and I just don't know. You ever had the devil to come at you like that? You're a nobody. You can't even say things right. 
You don't measure up. You can't accomplish this, accomplish that. Let me tell you to be, let me tell you what you need to do. You need to be like David. Then David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of the host, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Devil, you say I'm nothing. I'm going to tell you what God says about me. Not what you say about me. God says I can do all things through him that strengtheneth me. You don't look like so and so. Your appearance is this, that, and that. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Woo! Hallelujah! See, I'm telling you, if your foundation is rooted and grounded in the word of God, you will know what security is certainly all about. This day, David said to Goliath, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord would deliver you into my hand and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Then all the assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword or spear for the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into our hands. Hallelujah. Young man, young lady, get the word of God in you. Not just here, but in here and quote it and live it. In fact, that's what it's all about. The difference in the one man that his building sank and the one that did not. If you'll notice what it says, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and, and does them. You got to do them. You don't just hear it preached. You walk out the door, and Monday, you obey the word. Tuesday, you obey the word. Wednesday, you live the word. Thursday, you speak the word. Friday, you meditate on the word. Saturday, you shout with the word, and you speak the word of God and live it. And I'll tell you what, insecurity has to take its flight. God gives you security. He gives security. He gave David security. Can I say something to you that maybe are dealing with insecurity this time, whether young or old? I want to give you, I want to give you a chapter. Chapter 27 of the book of Psalms. Write it down. Put it in your notes. Write it on your outline. Psalms chapter. In fact, I've got it there. David wrote Psalms 27 while experiencing a feeling of security. What I want to encourage you to do, listen at me, I'm closing. Claim the words of Psalm 27. Don't let security, insecurity rule you. Don't let anger and reactions to what people say and do rule you because of insecurities. You and I, I just believe that God wants you to overcome, not just insecurities, but whatever battle, struggle you may be having. Now, I want to end with two things, and I am ending. 
I want to read the message. We go, we're still in chapter 7. I read this this week and I almost drooled over it because I believe it's speaking to every young man and every young lady here today. Look at, look at Matthew 7, 13 and 14. This is the being and doing. Notice what Jesus said. Don't look for shortcuts to God. The market is flooded with surefire, easygoing formulas for a successful life that can be practiced in your spare time. Don't fall for that stuff, even though crowds of people do. The way to life, and that's what we've been talking about, that house that you're going to build, that life that you're going to build, the way to life, Jesus said, the way to God is vigorous and requires total attention. Be committed. A time of commitment is very important. I want every graduate that you stood up here, I want you to come back up. I got a little gift I want to give to you. I'm going to talk about that for just a moment because I think it's very important. What I gave them was an acorn. And the reason I did is because when you plant an acorn, it grows an oak tree. And the oak tree is one of the strongest, sturdiest, Storm-resistant trees that there is. It's known as hardwood, the oak tree. One man, after a very severe hurricane that blew over his large oak tree in his yard, the root system, when that tree blew over, the root system, and the reason it's strong, the reason it endures Yeah, there are some winds that will blow an oak tree over. But the reason it is strong, oh, I love the maple tree. That's my favorite tree is the maple tree. It's so beautiful. But it won't hold up like the oak tree. That oak tree will stand and keep standing and keep standing. And the reason it does is because of the root system. This man said when that oak tree blew over from a hurricane, The root system stretched as it was laying on its side two stories high. That's how big the root system is in some of those trees. And I'm here to tell you young guys and young gals and all of us. You want to be strong in the time of the storm? When the devil attacks your marriage? When the devil attacks you with oppression or depression? When the devil attacks you with your health or the loss of a job or some relationship goes south and you're experiencing pain and hurt, 
And you're going through something that the only person that knows about it really is yourself. You lay your head on your pillow at night and you wet that pillow with tears. You want to be strong and face that storm with faith and security? You trust God's word. I can't say it any better and any plainer than that. And I believe that with all of my heart. You Trust God's word.